Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, February 23rd. I'm Jonathan All. When musician Steve Hackman began fusing classical masterworks with pop and rock music, he got a rough reception. Musicians were appalled. I mean, this music means so much to them. It's their life. It, it, it's to celebrate this repertoire and what they do and to build bridges, you know, to develop new audiences. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin has the story of St. Louis Symphony's upcoming fusion of Brahms and Radiohead. That's coming up on The Gateway. The Missouri Senate has voted to make it harder to amend the state's constitution. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman has more on yesterday's vote. Right now, constitutional amendments pass as long as they receive a simple majority statewide. The proposal approved by the Senate on a party-line vote adds a requirement that the amendments also pass in a majority of Missouri's congressional districts. Supporters say it gives rural parts of the state a louder voice in setting policy. Republicans in Missouri have tried for years to boost the threshold needed to pass constitutional amendments, but the matter has taken on greater urgency this year because of efforts to enshrine the right to an abortion in the Constitution. The measure still has to pass the House and be approved by voters in November. The Senate has been the stumbling block in the past due to intra-party fighting. I'm Rachel Lippman. St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker wants to spend more than $20 million of the state's budget to reduce the number of people dying during or shortly after pregnancy. Pritzker unveiled the plan as part of his budget proposal for the next fiscal year. It would include $5 million to increase the state's home visiting program for new parents. It would also use $1 million in grant funding to help doulas and midwives open practices. Belleville-based doula Charity Bean says startup costs keep many from pursuing careers as birth professionals. The barrier has been that us who want to serve our population who needs us the most, we can't afford to serve them because now we have homes and things that we have to take care of. Thanks to a 2021 law, doulas and midwives in Illinois will soon be able to bill Medicaid for their services. While Illinois Republicans were generally skeptical of Governor J.B. Pritzker's proposed budget, they say there were some wins. St. Louis Public Radio's Will Bauer reports the elimination of the state's grocery tax may be one of the most bipartisan suggestions. Pritzker's proposed elimination of the state's 1% grocery tax received a standing ovation from nearly all state lawmakers. Quincy Republican Jill Tracy says she can get behind it. So it's something that the Republicans have talked about over and over in the last few years as inflation has caused food prices to rise dramatically and they're at an all-time 30-year high right now. So this is a good thing. State lawmakers previously suspended the tax for the fiscal year that runs from July 2022 to June 2023. The governor's proposal is just a starting point and the Democratic-controlled Illinois legislature will need to pass a budget by the spring. I'm Will Bauer, St. Louis Public Radio. He was used to big stages throughout his sports career. Now a former star pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals is set to step onto one of the most famous stages in country music. Adam Wainwright will make his Grand Ole Opry debut at its March 9th show in Nashville. He'll perform alongside Old Crow Medicine Show, Don McLean, and others. Tickets are already on sale. Fans can also purchase a separate Q&A session with Wainwright after the show. Wainwright was the surprise performer of the National Anthem at the Cardinals' 2023 home opener. 
He's also set to release an album today. Across the St. Louis region, Asian Americans are celebrating Lunar New Year. People are particularly excited because it's the Year of the Dragon, one of the most auspicious Chinese zodiac signs. Some are hosting private dinners, and others are attending religious ceremonies to usher in New Year blessings. As St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports, many are embracing the smaller celebrations here to help them feel connected to their homelands. People living in the St. Louis region who are from mainland China, Taiwan, Vietnam, and other parts of East Asia rang in Lunar New Year on February 10th. And over the last two weeks, folks have been celebrating the Year of the Dragon with family and friends and some in a more traditional way at temples like Fogon Shan St. Louis Buddhist Center. Nestled in a cozy Bridgeton neighborhood off old St. Charles Rock and Smiley Roads is a brown pentagon-shaped worship center. Inside, about 60 people are chanting and prostrating to pay homage to the 1,000 Buddhas. It's sort of a New Year's prayer. Venerable Jair Wong has been leading the worship center for 10 years. She delights in hosting this yearly service. This is very important, especially uh, we are celebrating the traditions too. Okay, so that uh, brings back the cultures. American Chinese are, you know, like a minority here in St. Louis. Uh, we hope that our children can still feel it and to know more about uh, the cultures. Lunar New Year is also referred to as Chinese New Year or Spring Festival. The two-week event ends Saturday. Red lanterns are hung across the worship center and people are dressed in traditional floral Chinese dresses and suit tops. Some come to the temple to lift their spirits during this time because they miss gathering with their families who are overseas. But for those who are celebrating Lunar New Year here, they incorporate many customs. Families gather in the kitchen and cook traditional dishes like noodles, spring rolls, pork knuckles, duck, and dumplings. Well, uh, actually my husband did most of the work because he couldn't stand my dumplings. <laughs> That's Angela Zhang. She helped her husband make over a hundred dumplings. She wants to keep her Chinese traditions alive through her kids. But I think there are so many things beyond the food that would develop using the Chinese culture. If you cannot appreciate your own culture, how could you appreciate other people's? Asian Americans in the area, like Zhang, have been celebrating the New Year locally for decades now. So, to tell me about some of St. Louis's earliest documentations of Lunar New Year parties, I met up with Min Lu, who volunteers with the Missouri Historical Society's Chinese American Collecting Initiative. During Lu's research, she found a St. Louis Globe Democrat article dated February 12, 1877, that described the earliest known Chinese New Year in the city. It was a journalist who actually spoke with a kind of American local who spoke Chinese like a native Chinese, and, and he kind of acted as the tour guide for the journalist. They visited a laundromat and spoke to the owner. I think the only reference was that that man said that that night, because that was the eve of, of, uh, of Chinese New Year, he was going to drink like an American man. In the 20th century, as more Chinese people began to migrate to St. Louis, the festivities began to increase in Chinatown. 
Today, various groups of people participate in the celebration. Many regional libraries, community centers, and restaurants showcase lion and dragon dances, martial arts, and folk singing to help Asian families feel at home and to teach others about the culture. In the coming years, many are hopeful that Lunar New Year in St. Louis will become the area's largest attended cultural event with parades and festivities that last for days. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Happy New Year, best of luck to you in the Year of Dragon. Our Brian Moline edited that report. Radiohead's 1997 album OK Computer is a masterpiece of millennial dread. It came 121 years after Johannes Brahms debuted his first epic symphony. St. Louis Symphony Orchestra will perform a musical melding of the two on Saturday. Conductor-arranger Steve Hackman says Radiohead and Brahms have some things in common. They share this feeling of anxiety and, and tension, this, this sort of brooding feeling. In Radiohead's case, they were expressing their misgivings about essentially the, the digital age. You know, we were becoming so much more connected, but yet we were as distanced from one another as ever. Brahms's case, he was looking behind him. You know, he had been dubbed the successor to Beethoven. Just consider the kind of pressure that would put on a young composer. And woven in this, to every note, you can hear that sort of desperate desire for him to prove himself. You can feel that, that tension. It is Radiohead's music, but filtered through the lens of Brahms. So wherever possible, I'm interpolating Brahms's harmonies, melodies, uh, rhythmic motives, uh, contrapuntal devices. Climbing up the walls is fused with the development section of the first movement, and that lyric, climbing up the walls, is repeated over and over as the Brahms harmonies soar upward. When Lucky is uh, fused with the end of the development section in the fourth movement, uh, the lyrics are, pull me out of the air crash, pull me out of the lake. That is a powerful moment. Over the years, there's been more and more understanding 
uh, about what the purpose and what the mission of this work is. But I'd be lying if I didn't say that at the beginning it was pretty brutal. Musicians were appalled. I mean, this, this music means so much to them. It's their life, it's their livelihood. And I'm one of those people. I, I always say, there, there's a side of me that says, there's, like Brahms' first symphony is perfect. Why would you change anything? It, it, it's to celebrate this repertoire and what they do and to build bridges, you know, to develop new audiences and to create new relationships with people that haven't grown up with classical music or haven't been in a symphony hall or maybe view the symphony hall as an unsafe place, which is true for many people. We have to meet them where they are. That was musician Steve Hackman. You heard performances by Stereo Hideout, the Berlin Philharmonic and Radiohead. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin produced that report. It was edited by David Cazares. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. The music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. But we'll hear more of the Brahms Radiohead mashup with more of Lucky as we go out today. I'm Jonathan All, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.